Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to another grand and glorious day, albeit a bit wet, in the best little city in America, Sioux Falls, South Dakota, because every day is grand and glorious when you live in the best little city in America. It's just not that hard. How about we spend a couple hours here on the Patrick Lally Show, engaged in energetic and entertaining conversation on local, state, and national news and politics. How about that? That sounds like fun. Uber producer Dan Peters is in studio today. Thanks for spending some time with us through your radio. Streamed live on KSO.com or the KSO mobile app. Remember, you can always follow along on Facebook Live or on our Twitter account at Show. P-L-A-L-L-E-Y-S-H-O-W. Yeah, so I heard the news there, Dan, um, and I saw some of it on the Internet earlier that uh, Christy Noem, has decided that she is. She picked Larry Roden of Union Center, rancher out there in Union Center, West River, as her running mate. They got a little fight at the convention, but that's not going to mean anything. Larry Roden will be her running mate. And uh, so you know what this means, Dan? This means that the conservative caucus is not going to be happy when they convene at the Republican state convention this weekend. That's true. That is true. That, however, was not what I was thinking. I was oh, thinking. I wasn't. I'm sorry. You were That's laying right. it down. I wasn't picking it That's up. That's all right. It's okay. We didn't. We didn't. We didn't rehearse this earlier. But here's what this means in the governor's race, and you're going to want to pay attention. So we got Christy Noem. You got uh, her running mate is uh, Larry Roden, rancher. You got Billy Sutton, rodeo rodeo uh, star guy, and then uh, uh, Michelle Lavalle who grew up north somewhere. and Here's what this means. We're going to see a lot of horses, a lot of horses and a lot of cowboy hats in this governor's race. That's right. That's right. Uh, LaValle from Madison. And she was riding a horse in some deal I saw the other day. I actually think she grew up, or she was born up in Lakes Country somewhere. And then I think she was reared in Madison, something like that. She lives in Sioux Falls now, but she, you know, I saw one picture of her already on a, on a horse. Of course, Christy Nome always on a horse. Uh, uh, Billy Sutton, despite having the rodeo injury, still rides a horse, helps out on the, on the, on the ranch there. And, and then, uh, of course, uh, Larry Roden, who, uh, you know, normally wears, when he ran for Congress, he was a suit and tie guy, but he's a rancher. So I think you'll see him often on a horse. So what does that tell us, Dan, about South Dakota? It tells us that agriculture is the big issue, and that is going to be a major push. Now, whether that major push will resonate with the people in the populated areas of the state of South Dakota has yet to be seen. Because as you know, Dan, as I've talked about on this show many times, uh, I went back, and, and now I should have brought the numbers with me again just so I could be exact, but something in the range of high 40 percentage, high 40s percent of the people who voted in the last gubernatorial election live in about eight counties surrounding, basically from Brookings down to Sioux City in the Metro Corridor. Now, that doesn't mean there's not farmers there. That doesn't mean that agriculture is not important there. 
here. Because we know these things to be true. But it just means that it's not, it's not a Sioux Falls message, which I understand and I don't understand at the same time. But we'll see how it goes. We'll see how a lot, the image, there's going to be a lot of horse images. I'm just telling you, horses, horses, horses. And I love horses. I love animals. It's just a byproduct. I don't know. Maybe it doesn't mean anything, Dan. Probably. But you're calling it for the horses right now. I, I'm saying you're going to see a lot of very good-looking horses in the advertising for the gubernatorial race. That's all. That's all that means. Maybe maybe it's just horse lovers. That's the uh, the main... No, it's not it. Um, anyway, I, that's what struck me today. Just no horsing around. No horsing around and a lot of hats. Some of those, you know, Christy Nome wears those kind of ratted, tatty baseball caps, you know, like a like a farm cap. It doesn't have to be a cowboy hat. Like Billy Sutton wears the cowboy hat, you know. And definitely up. he has the street cred to wear the cowboy hat. Oh, no doubt about that. They all do. Really. Except for maybe Michelle. I don't know. I don't really know what her cowboy hat uh, uh, credibility is. Yeah, her bona fides of wearing the cowboy hat. So she could probably go without. Maybe, you know, something um, along the lines of maybe a different chapeau yeah, I, <laughs> when riding the horse. <laughs> I know there will be a, a moment. There will be a photo op in this race where Michelle is wearing the hat. I want to see all four of them in cowboy hats. Actually, I don't. You know, I've said from the beginning, Billy Sutton, lose the hat. Ah, is that who we are, cowboys? We're not cowboys. You don't see anybody walking around downtown Sioux Falls in a cowboy hat. Unless it's Halloween. Yeah, then you do. Sometimes. I mean, occasionally there's some cowboy hats. Well, and actually, when they have a country music concert at the Premier Center, yeah. then you'll have a few more cowboy hats come to town. Pulling, you know, you see Mike Uther in a cowboy hat, then you know things have taken a turn. <laughs> Those aren't real cowboys, Dan. I don't. I hate to be the bearer of bad news. I hate to shatter your illusions, Dan. But when I don't know who are these people? Jason Aldean, he's been here, right? Yes, he's a deal. He's a thing. I see his name in the musical. He's he's a guy with a cowboy hat on. All these people running around cowboy hats. I don't think they're cowboys. I'm just going to put that out there, Dan. Not cowboys. Anyway, I've maybe gotten a little off track. But we will get back on the track. Just a very small note here. I did put the wetsuit on last night, and I got it on. It's on Facebook if people really want to see it. Ooh. Yeah. So uh, I went ahead and signed up for Dakota Man. So just that's just an update. All right. I'm, you know, the die has been cast. Yep. I'll be out there. Uh, I'm just up against the mayor. No cowboy hats will be seen, but there'll be a lot of other goofy-looking gear. Yeah, you don't want to wear a cowboy hat when you're swimming that 500 yards. No, that's not good. Um, it's also, yesterday we missed it. Uh, we, you didn't bring the chips. It was uh, the one-year anniversary of the Patrick Lally. Oh. We blew it. We just blew it. We got so we. caught up on our own little world that we blew it. Anyway, it's been a year. We can still get some chips. It'll be all right. Uh, we've got a great show for you today. Our guests include City Hall reporter Joe Sneevy of Argus Leader Media. The day after the big public, the beginning of the big public comment debate, maybe because it was first reading. We'll talk to him about that and other city issues. Blogger Pat Powers of DakotaWarCollege.com. He of uh, the Republican Party convention guy. He'll be he's a delegate, and uh, we'll be talking about that and maybe cowboy hats. The Boon Man will be our weird friend of the day. That'll be a no cowboy hat situation. 
Uh, Sarah Larson, who is co-chair of the President's Bowl Committee, which is the big high school football extravaganza, they raise a lot of money, and they're having an amazing race fundraiser this weekend. We'll ask her about cowboy hats. I doubt there'll be any there. And I'll have a P&L statement just after the break. Today's topic, that's kind of a potpourri, potpourri day. We're going to go bang, 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 lightning round. How's that sound? You're going to want to stay tuned. This is the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. 319 on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. Yeah, it's getting a little closer to free here today on the PL statement, the portion of the show where we look around the news and find things that anger, inspire, irritate us, and then we pass them on to you, the good listeners out there in the best little city in America. Uh, yeah, a little potpourri today. Let's let's just uh, do a little rundown here. Uh, a couple things that have happened, either that I didn't get to previously or have just broken. First off, uh, last night, first reading, uh, city council down there with the big public input debate. You know the debate. Should public input, the general open public input on anything you want to do, have to say to address the council, be at the beginning of the meeting or the end of the meeting? Well, they decided to whack that end of the meeting idea, and they went with uh, the compromise uh, uh, fostered by uh, the mayor, Paul Tenhaken. You know, they they chatted amongst themselves and there was so little bit of t- 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 how was it done properly and where is everybody included and all that but they unanimously agreed to approve the compromise three minutes each 30 minutes total also a little first reading action where you people can talk if they approve it second reading will be july 3rd i believe july 3rd which is two weeks and uh you know Teresa says that uh, Teresa Staley, Councilor Teresa Staley, said she might have some amendments uh, that would limit commenters to one a month. But I, that seems like a bad idea. Teresa, if you're listening, I think that's a bad idea. That, that's, that's actually a limit on free speech. I don't know how you do that, but there you go. So that's probably going to pass, and we can move on from the great compromise of 2018. Good times. Uh, also in city business, uh, this came out earlier in the week, and I just haven't had a chance to talk about it, which is uh, Mayor Paul Tanhaken's administration forwarded their big plans for a uh, uh, to change the way the area there below the falls, at Falls Park, the, the centerpiece, the jewel of the city, where uh, we know we've had a, a fatality in March where a five-year-old girl drowned because it's all foam from all the agriculture runoff that we get from our friends up north uh, during the big thaw. And, you know, kids think it's, you know, like, I don't know, it doesn't look like water. So they fall in and the kid fell in and she died. And that was bad. And a couple of years before that, uh, a a kid fell in and two people died trying to save. And they saved the kid, but two other people died. And it was, you know, it's a bad situation. What do you do? What do you do? And I've said on the program that I, I don't know how you fence that whole area off. I don't think you can do that. I have come to sort of think that maybe you could do one of those little viewing platforms, right? Like they have elsewhere that would sort of guide people. You guide them to the right place instead of just running up and down the shore. Well, the mayor's plan, 
has a couple of those, uh, which is good, I think. Largely a good plan. Then it's got another fence down through the... And I don't like the fence. I don't like the permanent fence situation. I think that's bad. I could see a temporary fence when the foam is way up, but not... not I don't like that. But I think all in all, it, I think it's a good... You know, it's got to happen, I guess. So I'm okay with that. Oh, but here we go. So this just happened. Trump, uh, President Donald Trump, he uh, uh, says he's going to sign, I think he's actually signed it by now, an executive order that would uh, allow uh, kids to stay with their parents when they um, come across the border. Right? Okay. That's the big controversy of the day. Can confirm pictures are being circulated of the big photo op. So I've seen the Twitter photos. It's there. It's been signed. Oh, it is. Yeah. Donald J. Trump. There it is. He, and you know, this is, uh, clearly the political pressure was getting to be pretty hot because this was not, this was not good. Okay. And more and more details came out, the worse and worse it looked. And it is bad. It's just a bad policy. All right. Um, here's what I think. And this is what I've said the other day is it's in, it's in Congress's hands. All right. The president doesn't make the law. And when if if he if Donald J. Trump has the ability to do this, that's not good. The president has a lot of power, a lot of power. And if in like a situation like this where he is saying zero tolerance on these kids coming across the border with their parents, you got to take them out. And there's all this discussion about, well, American criminals don't they lose their kids and all this different kind of stuff. That's all true. But this is a horrible humanitarian thing. You shouldn't have the ability to create this problem. So take that power away from him. Change the law. You can change the law. You're Congress. You write the laws. This is what Congress is supposed to do. Change the law. We don't live in an authoritarian regime. Yes, the president has power. There are executive orders. There's all kinds of stuff that he can do under the laws we have. But when it's something that's bad, change the law. If you can't find a way to some sort of sane immigration policy, leave Congress. Let somebody else do it. If you can't figure this out, get out. That's the same for our delegation. Senators Thune and Rollins, whose tepid responses, political expediency at its best. These are lacking, lacking positions. Well, nobody really wants this to happen, but it's a democracy. Just fix it. Fix something. Run the country. Lead the country. Don't use little kids as political chips. I don't care your party. I don't care who you are. Change the damn law. That's the bottom line on today's PL statement. Agree or disagree with me. You can reach me, Patrick, at KSO.com. I look forward to your email. If you read, I look forward to your email if you actually read. Not if you sit around and watch television. Read. Follow us on Twitter, at P. Lally Show. After the news and weather with Mr. Dan Peters, we will have the Boon Man in for a little bit of weird friends action. Should be cool. This is the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO.
334 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. And it's Weird Friends time of the day when I uh, reach out to the various folks that I have known for a long time because I just like talking to them and I got a, you know, I got a radio show so I can do that. Today we welcome the Boone Man in. Mr. Boone Man, how are you today, dude? Just great, Patrick. You? Um, I'm feeling better now. I got my blood pressure up, but I, I'm, I've got it back under control, and I think everything's going to be okay. I like to, I like to keep mine right up there. I like yeah. that going. I just want to make sure I get good pressure, things pumping around. I don't want it slowing down and clotting up on me. No, no, I, you need good pressure. Good and high. <laughs> just like the plumbing. You don't want, you don't want your, your, your faucets, your, your shower. You don't want to be running low pressure. You want high pressure. Yeah. See? You know I mean. keeps, keeps the keeps the uh, buildup out of there the carbon yeah. something uh say uh speaking of which are you um have you been working out you look pretty I, good the last I, time i saw you yeah no i uh, i'm not uh, no <laughs> i haven't you know in fact i got a i got a solicitation uh to to up my gym membership <laughs> the standard to the deluxe well that's good so it's, it's twice as much every month but it does include uh, some access to some nice amenities like massage tables and massage chairs, and, and I started doing the math, and I thought, would I would I go there twice as much if I'm paying twice as much? Then mm. I remembered that I don't actually go there <laughs> two times, nothing, still nothing. So it would it would cost me twice as much to not go there. Would I not go there twice as much? I don't think so. So I. Although, you know, if the only thing I was doing was sitting in a massage chair or mm-hmm. a massage table, uh, you know, maybe I'd go. Yeah, that's right. Will there, well, the, you have access to the table. Do you have uh, access to the actual uh, masseuse? No, it's it's automated deal. It's like everything. Oh, okay. It's all robots. It's all robots these robots. days. Yeah. It's all yeah. ball bearings. The... Yeah. Uh, uh, well, that would, that's something, right? Is it and they have tanning there as well. But, you know, of course, aside from this recent monsoon season, you get free tanning outside. <laughs> well, especially uh, you. You, yeah. for whatever reason, you... Uh, for you, the Norwegian nature. You tan. <laughs> you tan like nobody I've ever seen. Uh, but, yeah, they get, there's free tanning uh, everywhere. But then when you think about it, uh, there's free treadmills everywhere, too. That's I mean, true. It's called walking outside. <laughs> You know, so I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know. It's, but, you know, here's the thing. It, it doesn't cost that much to keep the membership. And, you know, it's just good to know that you know, I can stop by and take a shower anytime. But you never know when you might need a shower. That's true. So <laughs> without, without revealing your affiliation here, are you, uh, what, what is your uh, general, is this one of the sort of, chain fitness joints or is it like a specific place i don't want to say the name no but it it, it rhymes with schmanit schmittness <laughs> do they have showers there i oh, didn't yeah. know that i thought that it's was just like very nice no it's a very nice joint um yeah no very clean you know good equipment you know, it's a very nice place yeah is a lot it, of tvs and stuff is it convenient to both work and home it is well, no, nothing's convenient to home, but I, I have to come to work all the time. It's very convenient to work. Okay. But uh, it's not, uh, no, I don't go. That. You know, and I do that in kind of probably like a lot of people. You know, I go there for 
you know, every day for a month, and then they don't go there for seven months. But you if know. you let it lapse, then you know you wouldn't go, right? Yeah, exactly. I always know that I could go, and I always mean to go, and by golly, I'm going to do it. You bring That's your stuff. Tomorrow, maybe Monday. <laughs> and, you know, I'm kind of hungry. Yeah, I'm a little tired, and I probably should. You know, I really should get out there. Although, again, there's free treadmills right outside my office. And well, you walk. You that. walk around. I have. I've done that. You know, I almost got my life taken yep. you know, last uh, fall. Boone Man nearly got run over by a reindeer walking around uh, so, downtown Christmas and Eve. there's construction going on. And, uh, and speaking of construction, I drove by the city center mm-hmm. yesterday. I drove by there uh, actually every day. But I noticed yesterday, it, it still looks like there's a lot of stuff left to do, but I the word on the street is it's opening Monday. Yo, I think, yeah, I think it's ready to go, isn't it? There's a lot of dirt still. Yeah. In. Well, they don't have the lawn in. No, but I mean like parking lot dirt. Nah, maybe not. I don't know. You can't see because of the fence. But you know the one thing you can see mm. bigger in life? Yeah. The big porn shop right <laughs> up the front door. Or is it the back door? I don't know which one it is. I think it's what you're seeing from the Minnesota Avenue there is the back door of the porn shop. Yeah, and it is right. No, I'm at the, uh, the front door or the back door of the of the city center. It's yeah. right there. It is right there. Like, what did I hear somebody say? It was like a big herpes sore on the <laughs> lips of the city. Well, that's what I heard. That's what I that's Yeah, you heard that. I don't know where you heard that. Somewhere, but... Uh, so it's not open yet, but didn't Mayor McCheese, well, Mayor, uh, what was his name? Uh, uh, Mike, guy? your man, Mike. Yes, yeah, Mayor Mike. He was there. Didn't he have a big ribbon cutting thing there? Yeah, well, he was, you know, because it wasn't going to be open before he left. So he had uh, to... That was before he got run out of office. Yeah. <laughs> he had the thing there. He was term limited. Be that, you know. Term limited, run out of office. That's all the same to you. The uh, Yeah, I here's what I don't understand about the porn shop, okay? Can't they just, I mean, what, however much it costs, it can't yeah. be that much, right? They, I understand that. Buy the people, it and blade it? Yeah, blade it. Yeah. it. It's like city, you know, so the new gleaming city administration building. On the other side, you've got the uh, old but large government administration building, the jail and, you know, your offices, parking lots all around it, and then a porn shop. Well, yeah, everything around it has been crushed. Yes. You know, remember they had the old bus stop was there, the mm-hmm. Jackrabbit and, and uh, Jackrabbit Lions was there. Yeah. That's been all scraped off. Whatever was to the north of it, whatever. Pomp room, gone. Mission shop or something on the corner, that's gone. Yep. So it's, just, it's just the old Studio One mm-hmm. and Heritage Bookstore. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for all you folks from the 70s, if you remember that. Uh, and the whole uh, glory hole controversy. Yeah. Whoops. Well, that was that was more in the late eighties and nineties. Yeah. Yeah. That, that happened. A lot of, well, maybe it's kind of like a historic uh, site at this point. It could be <laughs> one of those plaques. Yeah, the, it was a site, sort of like well, you know, Dillinger. That was a crime. I mean, that was some right. People got hurt in that deal. We got that one marked, but that's uh, all glorified. <laughs> yes. So why not? Uh, yeah. Studio One. This it was once glory qualified. I'll get my people on that right away. <laughs> anyway, it has nothing to do with fitness, but um, it's good to know. Uh, well, I hope you, I hope you're able to. You need to go over and use your your membership. Just I am because you know the one thing that I should do, I really need to drop some tonnage, and mm-hmm. especially if I'm going to do some, uh, I think I'm going to do some pheasant hunting this fall. 
and you know, when you're out there walking around and deer hunting, yes, uh, I gotta get the, get the get gotta get that cardio in shape. I can't be trump trust no, you know, trodding through the, uh, you know, and just my heart's beating like a rabbit right now, and I'm just sitting in a chair. Yeah, you got it. Yes, you got to do it because we've had some tragedy in our lives recently, and this that's a wake up call for everybody. Although my resting heart rate average is sixty four. Holy cow! I don't know if that's pretty good. That's pretty good. <laughs> Well, your heart is probably as big as my head. Oh, it's just, it's just powerful. So, yeah. yeah. And, you know, like when I give blood, it mm-hmm. takes like five seconds. My blood pressure is so high, it shoots out like a fire hose. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing to fill up a couple jugs for it when I do that. High pressure, low rate. That's, that, that sounds fine. It should be. I'm no doctor, but. All right. Well, I hope you're okay. Get over to the gym, and, and uh, we'll, we'll talk to you soon, okay? Yeah, I'll get a report for you next week. Thanks a lot. That goes. Cheers, Boo Man. Hey, 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 I, I got oh, the punchline. Not just one, but two punchlines. I did get some flack from some folks that maybe the, the punchlines are always clean. Yep. The joke's not necessarily so. Usually not. So, because really the way, the way if, if you want to know what the joke is, just Google out the punchline yep. and you'll find it. There you go. Um, so I, I, I got a couple of them for you, one family-friendly and one not-so-family-friendly. The first one is a family-friendly one. And that is, uh, orangey glad I didn't say banana again. <laughs> Google that one up. It's a pretty good one. It's a classic. And, uh, and the other one is, uh, the not so family friendly one. And you can Google this up as well. You think that's hot? Last week there was a guy in there with a chicken. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know the joke, but it, the punchline's funny. I can just imagine. Not safe for work. By no. The way. Thank you, sir. All right. Coming up after the break, we are going to talk about the amazing race this Saturday that's a fundraiser for the President's Bowl Committee. And Sarah Larson will be here and she's going to tell us all about it. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Three forty-eight on the Patrick Lally Show, Information One Thousand KSOO, and I am uh, very pleased to have in studio with us today Sarah Larson, who is co-chair of the President's Bowl Committee, and uh, they've got this uh, cool fundraiser this weekend, Saturday, Saturday the twenty-third, right? That's correct. And uh, uh, this is uh, sounds cool. Uh, it's a uh, it's a race, but it's the amazing race. First of all, Sarah, tell us. What is this thing? (laughs) Well, it's uh, the first time we've been involved with the organization Amazing Race. And it is a mile and a half course. Pop in the earbuds with our free radio. um, It's physical and it's also mental challenges. So you don't have to be a real strong athlete to come down and participate. You have to bring your smarts (laughs) and your sense of humor, I think. You get kind of muddy and um, it's basically an obstacle course. That sounds awesome. Yeah. And so you, people pay to be part of this a fundraiser. That's correct. So uh, tell us uh, uh, what you do with the money and where it goes. Okay. Well, it's teams of two, and it's $50 uh, per team of two uh, if you register before the race. It's an additional $10, so it'll be 60 the day of the race on Saturday. And the money goes um, to two different causes. One is the President's Bowl, which most of your listeners know about. It's a fundraiser for the public schools, uh, high schools here in Sioux Falls. 
and um, it also is raising money for children's um, cancer research. Max Cure is the organization. So tell us about, um, uh, you've been doing an event here for a while, but you said it's the first time you've been involved with this organization. Correct. Well, we um, typically, uh, the President's Bowl organization, everybody knows about the big football game, mm-hmm. you know, the, the two games that play September 1st. Um, th- we also have two other events that are smaller. One has been a 5K race that we've done in the past. We thought we'd mix it up and do something different this year with the Amazing Race. And then the third fundraiser is a uh, basketball tournament in the fall. A basketball tournament? Correct. And where is that? Um, Well, it's held at the different high schools. Uh, Last year, I believe it was at Lincoln. This year, I believe it's at Roosevelt. And And that'll be in like November. And I knew about the uh, 5K in the past, but I did not know there was a basketball tournament. Yes. So this is, uh, uh, by pulling it into the amazing race format, you really have the opportunity to have a lot of different kinds of people participate exactly. and just go out and have a good time, exactly. right? Exactly, yes. And so there's the race. Is there, are there other activities involved with that? Or is it would you like a big barbecue afterwards or anything like that? Well, we don't have that planned yet. Oh, okay. This is our first annual, picnics, maybe picnics, next year. Picnics, you can bring your own food, right? <laughs> yeah, okay, exactly. Cool. They do have swag bags and things like that. Oh, Which we don't yeah. really know what that entails, but but Amazing Race supplies that as well. Well, this sounds really exciting. So, yeah. So um, have you, like, uh, YouTube this or anything like that? Can I go out there and find you uh, sure can. so I can know what I'm getting myself into? Yes. Oh, okay. The Amazing Race has a website. And if you look on uh, Facebook, on the President's Bowl page, you'll find the Amazing Race and the website, and you can go to that. So it raises money for the President's Bowl Committee, and then... Uh, uh, what do you do with that money? Is this to support uh, public school athletic programs? Is that it's actually to support all the extracurricular activities at the high schools. Yeah, so it, it gets so, spread out. How much money then? The football games are huge. Correct. I mean, that, that's just a big dang deal. Yes, yes. And uh, one of the great uh, fall days in, in Sioux Falls. But uh, uh, like, how much money are we talking about here? Well, last year we raised over a hundred and um, under over one hundred and fifty thousand dollars, and that's through sponsorships through businesses mm-hmm. in our community, as well as these different activities. You know, these three different events. So last year, each high school got over fifty thousand dollars towards kind of a general fund for any extracurricular activity, not well, just sporting. That's a lot of money. It is. Um, so, Sarah, uh, your co-chair here, yes. um, what, uh, what's your connection? Why are you involved? Um, I have two sons, and they go to Lincoln High School. One graduated last year. One will graduate next year. And they're so. in what? They have to be in stuff, aren't they? Well, um, yes, they are into things. Uh, my, my older son that graduated last year, uh, or two years ago, 17 now, um, he was in uh, football and baseball. He chose the sporting route. Um, my younger son is um, really participating more in the arts and welding and CTE programs. Oh, so, right on. So he's yeah. in, in a lot of cool stuff. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so the race, which is Saturday, give yes. us the details on that. Where, when, how, why, all that okay. stuff. Okay. Um, Patrick, the race is Saturday, uh, June 23rd. It is from 10 to 1230. There's two different start times depending upon when you arrive. You can, um, there will be people down at Riverdale Park starting at eight o'clock in the morning if you want to come down and register, stretch out, practice, check out what's going on. Um, But the official start time is at 10 a.m. Hopefully we'll have good weather. Well, we are going to have good weather. Okay, thank you. Um, The 
that's interesting. Uh, I like the fact that it doesn't start till 10. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. I, I, I got to do all this different stuff. And, yes. You know, you got to be there at dawn. Yes. You know? It's a family event. Yeah. You're never going to get You don't want to wake your no. young kids up. No. no. So you get there at 10. Yeah. And uh, so, so it, not everybody does it at the same time. Correct. There's so far with the number of participants, we have two start times. So they're staggered. So not everybody's yeah. running at this, you know. Yeah. So uh, can I still sign up then? Yeah. Absolutely. You can sign up the morning of. Where do I, how do I do this? How Just do I, come down to Riverdale okay. Park the day of, or if you want to before, um, go on the Facebook page, President's Bowl. Um, you'll, find, you'll find the link there, how to sign up. It's pretty easy. I even signed up. Oh, right on. I know. Uh, <laughs> look, forward, look forward to hearing about your uh, your adventures. Yes. Uh, Sarah Larson, she's co-chair of the President's Bowl Committee. Their fundraiser is The Amazing Race at Riverdale Park from 10 to 2? 1230. 12.30 this Saturday. Uh, thanks for coming in, Sarah. I really appreciate Thank it. Thank you, Patrick. Come on up after the break. We're going to, uh, after the news and weather at the top of the hour, we'll talk with Pat Powers of the Dakota War College blog about all their stuff going on at the state convention this weekend. This is the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. This is a public service announcement with guitar. Three fifty-eight on the Patrick Lally Show. Information one thousand KSOO, and it's raining out there now. I can hear it raining, so that's pretty wild. We'll have the news and weather in just a minute here with Dan Peters. But first, I want to tell you about Quarry Days this weekend in Del Rapids. Friday, Saturday, Sunday events include a golf tournament, volleyball tournament, five K, three on three basketball tournament, arts and crafts in the park, and more. Paraded Saturday at ten thirty. For more information, go to the events calendar at ksoo.com. As I mentioned, news and weather with Dan. Then we'll chat with Pat Powers, the Dakota War College blog. We'll find out what's going to happen at the big shindig this weekend in Pierre for the Republican State Convention. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO, and as we do most Wednesdays, we have on the phone from the beautiful city of Brookings, South Dakota, Mr. Pat Powers of the Dakota War College blog. Pat, um, I was just up in Brookings yesterday and uh, had to fly up there to pick up a bike, and a lot going on up there in Brookings. It's kind of hopping these days. You know, Brookings Brookings is... Uh, never ceases to amaze uh, amaze me because uh, you know, and I've uh, I've got my real estate license and I've done real estate up here, and this town has just exploded in size over the past oh about the past thirteen fourteen years that I've uh, I've called it home. It's just uh, and opening new developments. I mean, it this town just keeps getting bigger. What is we're way off topic. Usually we talk about politics, and we're yeah. going to get back to it, but. I was noticing there's some rather large construction project right on uh, the main drag there, sixth or whatever it is. You know what I'm saying? Uh, what is that? Yeah, yeah. They've uh, they've torn down a number of the uh, rental houses of ill repute that I might have visited while I was an undergrad, <laughs> and uh, uh, they've uh, they're putting those into those uh, three, two or three story uh, apartments where there's a 
commercial sure. uh, facilities on the uh, on the main level. Where similar to where they have Jimmy John's, they're yep. building an, another bigger one over on uh, right uh, closer to the uh, uh, corner of Madary and Six. Yeah, it's a big and, uh, and, big hole in the ground. Oh gosh, that's a big hole, and they're. Uh, I believe they've got another one planned uh, on South Main that's uh, going to be put in at some point in the near future as well. Mixed use facility—that's what we call yep. it. Um, yeah, there. Uh, it's 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 interesting, and and uh, from the apartments in like hmm. close to campus, uh, they have a waiting list to uh, pay a thousand dollars a month for those uh, studio apartments. Jeez. I'm too too rich for my blood. Um, <laughs> Pat, we have you in, as I said, to talk politics, and you've got a big weekend coming up. You are a delegate to the Republican State Convention. Uh, you got your bags packed? You got uh, get everything ready to go? Oh, well, that would that would require planning, but <laughs> I, I'll, I'll probably, uh, if it was college, I'd throw my clothes in a garbage bag and head home, but uh, here I'm, uh, uh, I'll probably get pulled together and uh, get my office packed up and, and Get ready to head over to Pier tomorrow evening. It's uh, it, it's going to be hopping. Uh, I've been told that this is going to be one of the largest conventions the uh, state Republican Party has ever had. It it just kind of it's sitting in this confluence of we're in that eight that point in the eight year cycle where we turn over a number of the top races. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got a, a hotly contested attorney general's race. And plus, we're in uh, a central. Uh, we have the convention in a centrally located place. Yeah, everybody loves to go to Pier, even even when it's uh, warm out, right? Um, <laughs> <laughs> so um, let's uh, let's talk briefly, uh, uh, and we may return to this. But uh, so Christy Noem um, uh, announced that uh, her running mate's Larry Roden, which wasn't a terrible big surprise, right? No, uh, you know, I think everybody had predicted all along that. Uh, that Larry would be one of her uh, one of the people she was most likely to pick, and uh, you know, as opposed to picking somebody maybe from Sioux Falls who was big money, or uh, you know, somebody who maybe came from a different background than she did, uh, she kind of surprised us all and and went with a little more unconventional pick. You know, it's uh, it's like the Blues Brothers, where they have both country and western. <laughs> Here we both have we have a farmer and a rancher on the ticket, which uh, you know that's okay. I I think it. Uh, in fact, I was writing this afternoon that I, I think uh, the fact that it's an unconventional pick, and the fact that Larry's a rancher, she's a farmer. I think that cuts strongly into uh, a base of support that Billy Sutton was trying to attract because Billy's running as more of an ag candidate and not a Democrat ideologue. I mean, he's not, he tries to be more Republican in his thought processes, but here Christie managed to cut him off at the pass. And here she's got, you know, she's digging into his deep ag base because these are pretty conservative people. They're not going to vote Democrat unless they have a good reason. And, Absent uh, a severe drought or, or collapse in the ag economy, they're going to look at, at Christie and uh, and Larry and go, "Hey, these are my people, and I'm voting for them." Well, a collapse in the ag economy might be uh, uh, 
I don't want to call it a collapse, but there certainly is are issues, unresolved issues concerning the tariffs on soybeans. But that's another that's another topic altogether. Um, well, absolutely. Uh, as I said earlier, um, there's a lot of cowboy hats in this race this year because and horses, horses and cowboy hats. That's the theme of the 2018 governor's race. I, I predict more flannel. <laughs> That's pretty good. We're going to come right back and talk more with Pat Powers, the Dakota War College blog, about the upcoming Republican State Convention in beautiful Pierre, South Dakota. This is the Patrick Wiley Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Those in magazines, those lipstick bathing beauty queens, uh-huh. but you don't see them, do you there? 417 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. And we return to our conversation with Pat Powers, blogger from Brookings, South Dakota, under the Dakota War College title. What do you call it? You don't call it a title. You would call it a, a like a nameplate, like a like a, a a way of life, right, Pat? No, uh, maybe a sentence. <laughs> there you go. Um, we so the big convention is this weekend in Pierre. We've been the Republican convention. Uh, we're talking just a little bit about the Larry Roden announcement here. Um, so. Uh, do you, one of the things that I've, uh, I think Christy has said is that if, if she in fact becomes governor, that she's going to actually scale back some of the duties of the Lieutenant governor. Um, is that, what does that mean? I mean, is that really a, a, a significant well, I, move? Well, yeah, at this point, I don't think it's a significant move because, uh, right now, uh, Matt Michaels is what's considered a part-time governor uh, you know, he divides his time between Pierre and he still is working for uh, Avira, I believe, as counsel. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so he's he's not a full time lieutenant governor right now. And and that's just going to continue uh, with Larry Roden. Uh, you know, Larry's a, a, a rancher. He's got a specialty welding business. And, uh, you know, I, I don't think. Uh, you know he'll uh, he'll have to devote more time to duties of state and uh, being in peer probably uh, as much as he was uh, during the session uh, during session. Otherwise, uh, you know I, I don't know that we're going to notice a big change. It's unlike when Walter Dale Miller was under Governor Mickelson and was the state's first full time lieutenant governor. And I can't remember if Dugard, when he was lieutenant governor to Rounds, was he full-time? Um, you know, I don't believe, well... I can't remember, and I was, because I was yeah, thinking about that. He, he, did, he wasn't working at his old job, I don't think, which was uh, with Children's, Children's Home Society. Society. But yeah, maybe, if I recall, I think it made waves when Michaels was given full-time status, and then Michaels had to dial back okay. because of health issues. Got it. It's all coming clear to me now. So Larry Roden, uh, and he won't be that far from home over there in Union Center. We see Pier. Uh, what other? Yeah, I, any other benefits? I mean, the one thing that I, I sort of when I look at this, that's a little surprising to me, is that they're really, it's so ag oriented and so, um, you know, uh, uh, not West River because clearly. Christie's from East River, but it's very much that kind of traditional rural lifestyle uh, 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 team here. And that's nothing wrong with that, but it's a little bit surprising to me. Are you surprised by that? Well, a a little, but I I think that's reflective of 
the election results is that they were looking for, that the Republican electorate was looking for maybe a, a, a bit of a change in the leadership style. And, uh, you know, Christie's more attuned to that ag lifestyle and made no bones about it. And uh, so I, I think uh, that that's part of the break for, uh, for a change in leadership style. Um, let's talk a little bit uh, about the other races in convention. We chatted just a little bit about this last week, but the big one uh, on the on the docket there for Republicans is Attorney General. Um, tell, Correct. Tell us what's going on there. What, what's the handicap? This I understand you're a delegate. You can't say too much. Yep. But what's the situation currently with the AG's race? Because it seems pretty close. Well, it's. Uh uh, the attorney general's race is a, is a bit of a different mix this year because uh, you've got three candidates who are who are fairly different in their experiences. Uh, John Fitzgerald is uh, uh, has been a state's attorney, and uh, you know he might be the most traditional mold, but uh, he's been a state's attorney up in Lawrence County, been there for uh, probably ten, twelve years, but. You know he's uh, he, he's kind of a law and order guy. His his dad was uh, was a judge uh, a long time. Uh, uh, you know his dad came to South Dakota after uh, uh, mob had uh, tried to blow him up in Boston and cost him his uh, cost him his leg. Really? Uh, so oh yeah oh yeah yeah. There's quite a bit on that. Uh, you know and uh, and John's uh, I think they're all good candidates. You know, John's more of a law and order guy. Mm-hmm. And we have Lance Russell. Lance has been state's attorney in Fall River County, but Lance tends to be more of a political guy because he's been executive director for the state Republican Party. He's been state representative uh, from Fall River County and uh, now a state senator. You know, Lance has always tended to be more political. And pretty conservative, and we, right? I mean, he's a, he's a... Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's... Go ahead. Yeah, Lance is Lance is pretty conservative, very aligned, very closely with uh, with Stace Nelson, which you know sometimes might cause him a little headache. Uh, <laughs> then you've uh, you've got Jason Roundsburg, who Jason's probably been running the longest, uh, and he came into the race. Uh, not that he'd been going around the state and. Uh, very uh, engaged with the South Dakota Republican delegates and the people in the counties uh, ever since he was running for U.S. Senate in 2014. Uh, you know, he's done a lot of work with the party, done a lot of work talking to people. But most of and he isn't, how do I want to say, he's not maybe as loud about it, but uh, his experience is more uh, as a military leader, where I believe he's a lieutenant colonel, in uh in the reserves oh really and uh you know so he's got of the three candidates he probably has the uh the most leadership experience in terms of leading the largest group of people because he's got uh, I, I believe it's a couple hundred people yeah. under him yeah. as a as a lieutenant colonel so most of his experience is military and he's uh you know he's done some legal work uh, he's uh, done some assistant uh, assistant state's attorney work for Union County. You know, he's participated in criminal trials. Uh, you know, his his opponents go after him a little for lack of experience. But, yeah. you know, by the same token, uh, you know, the military experience benefits him 
greatly because, you know, the attorney general isn't necessarily the one directly prosecuting. They're an administrator. Yeah. Um, You know, what's kind of interesting about this year's attorney general nomination is that for the first time in a long time, um, it seems like the Democrats have put up at least a credible candidate uh, in Randy Seiler, who has who has good credentials. Um, So this attorney general Republican attorney general nominee is actually going to have to campaign. Don't is well, that, a- absolutely. Yeah. And so that's kind of yeah, a different I, take than, than other years where uh, Marty Jackley went unopposed one year. Well, you know, and, and I hate to sound like the old guy, but <laughs> you know, I, I, I can remember back to where uh, Mark Barnett was running against Mike Butler mm-hmm. uh, back when, uh, you know, Democrats could win an election or two. It's a, it's a different world now. Uh, in South Dakota, Republicans have such a strong advantage. You know, Randy Seiler uh, could be the second coming for Democrats, but, you know, they're still, in many cases, not pulling much more than 30 percent or, you know, and definitely not above 40. And so, you know, he's got that handicap to start. If, uh, you know, if any Republican runs a credible campaign, you know, and especially in a year where, uh, Republicans are going to be very, very energized with uh, Christy Nome on the ticket and Dusty Johnson. I mean, there's a this is one of those big wave years for Republicans where they're going to come in and put their new governor in, and they're going to bring everybody else along with them. And and so I, I think I don't know that Randy Seiler is going to have as easy of a time. Well, I don't know that it's going to be easy. It's not going to be easy, but it's certainly a different dynamic in Attorney General's race that we haven't seen in a long time. Well, yeah, absolutely. You know, we're we're not uh, we're we're used to running against Ron Valesky or nobody for yes. the last several cycles, and, and you know, and and they have put up a you know, they put up a credible candidate, and and I've met Randy; he's a nice guy, yeah, pretty likable. But you know, the question is, is he going to be able to garner the support that yeah. uh, Democrats hope he can? It takes organization, and uh, you're not going to get a lot of help from the party there. Um, uh, our we always uh, have to thank our. Uh, blogger friend Pat Powers from Brookings, who comes from the right side of the aisle, clearly. Uh, Pat, thanks a lot, and have fun this weekend if, with with all the business and everything. Take time and have a little, you know, fun. All right. I'll, I'll do my best. All right. Well, we'll, you'll have to let us know how it goes next week. Absolutely. Coming up after the news and weather with Mr. Dan Peters, Joe Sneevy from Argus Leader Media is here. We're going to talk about City Hall. This is the Patrick Lally Show. Information one thousand KS. Oh, oh, 435 on the Patrick Lally Show, information 1000 KSOO. And normally when Joe Sneevy's here, I play Pearl Jam, but I think we've all matured now. We've moved past that. We're letting that go back. I'm just going to play what I want, which is Wilco. Uh, Joe Sneevy is in studio with us today. Uh, he, of course, City Hall reporter for Argus Leader Media and uh, been working working too hard, too hard, Joe. How you feeling? You uh, all right? I'm okay. Uh, there wasn't any break between the election and just getting back into the flow of covering city council, like you know you do outside of an election. Yeah, the great you know? debate of uh, the great compromise of 2018. Yeah, but I have a vacation coming up in August and take three weeks off. So three weeks? Yep. Three weeks. I'm take a motorcycle trip. Where are you going? Montana. I'm going to stop in Sturgis on the way because it's going to be in the rally time. Oh, Spend a night there. Get arrested. Could end up going to uh, riding Gla- Glacier Park. Uh, 
See that's per- nice. See Pearl Jam in Missoula. Ah, there you go. And then I turn Pearl around. Jam in Missoula. That's like that's like some sort of cliche, isn't it? The uh, it's gonna be outdoors at the foot of the mountains. It's gonna be sweet. And then the next morning, I'm gonna haul back to. Uh, and I don't mean like put the bike on the trailer. I mean like bust my tail to get back by Wednesday, and then get in my Jeep and drive to Chicago for two more Pearl Jam shows. <laughs> <laughs> So sad. I have, I Hashtag have, sad. No, that sounds awesome. <laughs> it's gonna be fun. So, uh, three weeks. Do you have that much vacation? Yeah, you know, I've been at the Argus for a long time. You know, so. What, oh, wait a minute. When was that? What year did you start? You were an intern. When I, were you? An I was intern? an intern in 2010, and then I, I came back in 2012. So I hit the five year mark, and I got all this, just loaded vacation up. time now. So so much vacation, you can't get it all in. You're right. Um, so we've just come off the, uh, uh, the first reading of the compromise. Um, is this much ado about nothing? Uh, well, it depends on who you ask, you know, um, the, there was, there was never a question that public input was going to be taken at city council meetings. It wasn't like they were going to strike it all together. Well, they could. It's a state law as of July 1st. As of July 1st, Right. right. But in other parts of the country, some city councils don't take public input at all fascist um i would say i would agree um (laughs) but yeah i mean people are passionate about it the people who are really who care about it really really care about Mm -hmm. it uh other people it's neither here nor there for them it it all kind of came to be over the last couple years though with kind of the circus the show that had become public input you know you have your frequent flyers that show up every week and that's their right afforded to them um but some folks thought that they were abusing it, and some nights public input would go off the rails, and it's not always super productive, uh, but government's not supposed to be easy. It, no, this notion, and people have said this, and I hear this, this is where we do the business of the city. I don't agree with that. I mean, yeah, there's some business that gets done, but it's not a business meeting. It's a public forum. Right. And the business of the city is the people's business. Yeah. So... Um, and sometimes what becomes an agenda item only is sparked by what happens at public input. You know, people will come in with legitimate concerns about something going on in their neighborhood or they can't get a response from City Hall, so this is their avenue to address their city officials. Um, you know, a gentleman last night at public input said this is a responsive government issue. It's not a public input issue. The issues. People using public input so much is a byproduct of a lack of response from City Hall. That's a good point. And, Who said that? Uh, his name was Rick McCorris. And he wasn't a, a frequent flyer. No, he, he was a supporter of Paul Tenhaken. I gathered that much. I think he's a local pastor of mm. some kind. He had some pretty kind of unifying remarks that kind of made everybody take a step back and realize we don't need to get so excited about this. Oh, you know? man. Um, it was a kumbaya moment. <laughs> it was kind of. Um, so... You know, I, I think everybody kind of took note of that. And I think some of the folks who didn't like the Selberg proposal to begin with thought it was trying to address a problem that would might go away on its own with the change in administration. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of the public inputters were, you know, very anti-Mayor Mike Huther, mm-hmm. and they used public input to kind of lash out and poke at his policies and um, his leadership style, where Ten Haken is more inclusive, at least here at the beginning, and like this gentleman said last night, if City Hall is more responsive to people like Bruce Danielson and Sierra Bouchard, mm-hmm. um, they won't feel a need to come to public input every single week. And I think um, probably the 
most important thing in there, and I think it's a good compromise, is that you can give input at first reading, which that's huge. will actually remove a lot of the need for public input. Right. Because since Teresa Staley became a city councilor, she has been using, well, she'll tell people, come to public input. You know, mm-hmm. you don't have to wait until second reading. You can use public input to get ahead of it at first reading. And I uh, like the Shape Oakview neighborhood when they were protesting the Lacey Estate plan mm-hmm. up at 6th and Bonson, that urban farm. Um, they all came in and used public input during, I think, even the week before the first reading, you know. So um, some of it has been encouraged. Some of the, you know, long public input sessions have been encouraged by some folks on the council. And the counselors who wanted to move it to the end won't come out and say it, like, we're not doing this because of this. But I think that's in the back of their mind. We wouldn't have had this conversation this month had Teresa Staley not started telling people to use no, public and, input so frequently. And I said this on the show the other day. There's this underlying theme that's kind of punitive. You know, nobody says it, but it is. it does have kind of a punitive notion to it. It's like, we're going to do this to you now because right. we can. They can't. Before the, we started talking on air here, we were talking about you can't. It's First Amendment issues if, if you tell one individual person that they can't mm-hmm. speak. Um, is if they if there was no First Amendment, I think there would have been an ordinance saying Bruce Danielson <laughs> and Scott Erishman and Sarah Bouchard, you guys can't talk anymore. And David Zakaitis. The the part of this proposal or compromise takes off uh, PowerPoint presentations during mm-hmm. public input, and I think that is very punitive to David Zakaitis. It's directly at David. It's, hey, David, we don't like your PowerPoints. The zombies and, gotta go. Yeah, and I mean, I can kind of understand. I I get. The videos, you know, that zombie video is now enshrined in the city's <laughs> history <laughs> history for all of eternity. And I don't know if that's really the right forum. For yeah. That. No, it wasn't the right forum for it. <laughs> We're going to come right back and talk more with Joe Sneavy. He's the City Hall reporter for Argus Leader Media. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Four forty-six on the Patrick Lally Show. Information one thousand KS. Well, I don't think the sun's going to shine today, and I don't think the clouds are going to go away. But we can hope. Joe Sneavy from Argus Leader Media. I'm no weatherman, but it doesn't look like it's letting up out there. So, <laughs> what is the Dylan line? I don't. I don't. Don't need, need a weatherman to know which way the wind blows. Right there, you go. Thank you. Yeah. I'm not a big Dylan guy, and I just knew it was in there somewhere. I love Dylan. He's he's a little rough around the edges these days, but yeah. I think he always was. I respect him as an artist. Yeah. How's that song? He's written a lot of good songs. I hope Bob Keys is listening. Um, (laughs) So back to city government. Uh, We have this, we now have kind of an air of good feelings, right? This this is where we are. We're in the new era. It was a love fest on Tuesday night. Was it? Uh, Well, once the compromise, everybody took their turns applauding themselves and patting (laughs) themselves on the back for coming up with this compromise. But then... uh, you know, Teresa Staley and Janet Brecky weren't real thrilled with the process. You know, they kind of formulated this compromise behind closed doors. and um, Yeah, they apparently yeah. weren't included in the emails. Well, everybody got the email and the phone calls from Paul Tenhaken mm-hmm. the day after saying they're going to work on this compromise. And kind of a lot of, well, the compromise kind of has a little bit of what everybody wanted in it, which is, mm-hmm. you know, textbook compromise. But... Um, Staley and Brecky wanted to see like a work session done, especially since they had a work session this last month over um, 
what, the rest uh, of the meetings. Eleven seventy uh, House Bill eleven seventy two, which mandates every you know sovereign governing body has to take public input. So they're going to add public. You can now take after July one, yeah. they'll start taking public input at informational meetings. Yeah, there's the, to, the good thing is there's plenty of opportunities yeah. for everybody out there to air their grievances. Yeah. But they were. The counselors, Staley and Brecky, were a little bit perturbed that they didn't talk about 7 o'clock public input at that work session. Yeah. Um, I'm told by Christine Erickson and Marshall Selberg and Greg Neitzer that they didn't want to muddy the waters of that work session because it would have been it would have made it more controversial. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that's the way it goes yeah, sometimes. Yeah, that's government, right? But, you know, I mean, you have to – a lot of time. not every single idea is formulated in public. You know, I I think it's – I'm okay with counselors having individual conversations as long as nobody's replying all and they're not on a conference call. I don't think it's a violation of no, it's not of open meetings or even the spirit of open meetings now, laws. I think those emails should be public. Oh, I think emails and texts we, and all that should be public, but we're not going to win that one anytime not soon. South, not in South Dakota. No, God no. Like uh, my colleague Patrick Anderson says, uh, being a journalist in South Dakota is like being an athlete and training with ankle weights on. <laughs> It's true. <laughs> Every time you turn around, somebody's slapping you down. Yeah. Um, but uh, let's talk a little more about uh, the the dynamic here on the new council, right? So this came up right away. Normally, you wouldn't have something that's this wasn't even really controversial, but something that garnered a lot of attention. Usually, they'd wait a little while. Yeah. This one came right out of the gates. Bam. Yeah. What is your as you're looking at it and watching them and knowing everybody that's on there now? What's your sense of how the dynamic on the council and the mayor has changed as we go forward? Well, I think everybody has more faith in that they can work together just because Ten Haken's running the show now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Huther was, made no secret that it was his way or the highway um, when he only had three counselors that were in his camp on everything. He was still able to do what he wanted to do, and he didn't care. You know, the other the dissenters be damned kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um Ten Haken doesn't seem to have that approach. He may become more jaded as time goes by and realize you're not going to get eight votes on everything. Um, but there's still major factions on the eight-member council. Um, you know, you've seen a f- star, Brecky and Staley are kind of in that mm-hmm. uh, populist camp. Neitzert and uh, Erickson seem to kind of be in the middle on a lot mm-hmm. and then i mean selberg and kylie um and kurt sale seem kind of like the more establishment folks. and we don't know about kurt sale i mean really he got uh, uh he's a union guy mm-hmm. he got a union push uh he won by not that big a margin no that that vote's interesting because if that goes the other way and you got zach DeBoer on right. there who's clearly more Popular. I don't want to call right. it. Yeah, I, he, he would be w- more. Debora would have been more in the camp of Brecky. It and seems that Staley, way. Right? It seems that way. So now you've got just that just that seat going to sale. Yeah, it was a but swing he, a swing seat. Yeah, might say. but we really don't know anything about him. No, I don't think. I mean, time only time will tell. He he was supported by uh, Michelle Erpenbach's people, and uh, I think Cindy Huther had mm-hmm. donated to him. So I think some folks who aren't hip on. Erpenbach or Huther are a little bit um, skeptical of what we might get out of Kurt Sale. Um, but he's but he's been around a long time. I mean, I don't think any of these city councilors have anything less than the best interests of the city at heart. So, Oh, no, that's exactly it. But <clears throat> what I was going to say is, what, 
everybody's kind of forgotten is that he was a firefighter. Right. And he's he had the the you know the backing of the municipal uh, various municipal unions. Yeah, not and you know nobody votes in Moss, but that yeah. that was a good uh, yeah. uh, uh, base of support for him. Yep, especially in the central district. Yeah. You know that if you're running in the southeast, the union endorsement probably isn't going to help you that much. But when you're in the core, mm-hmm. you know, I think it did help. And so that's a different perspective than everybody else on the council is my point. And that may be, he may not uh, be as solidly in that Kylie Selberg sort of wing of the council than on some issues. We just don't know. Yeah, I don't think any of them, any of the new folks can be pigeonholed just yet. I mean, we we don't have enough time under our belts to know how they're going to behave. You know, when you get to the end of a four-year term, it's pretty easy to predict how these Mm -hmm. people are going to vote on certain things. But um, I would, I'm certainly not ready to start predicting how people are going to vote. It's fun time to watch the the first, the first night, uh, last Tuesday when the original proposal of public input, moving it to the back was on the table. Sale was the the swing vote. We didn't know how it was going to go, especially since Erickson was gone. Mm -hmm. Um, I knew it was going to be three, three and Kurt sale was going to be the, you know, it's going to pass or mm-hmm. die based on how Kurt's going to vote. And, um, you know, he eventually voted in favor of it. So you that's know. interesting. Um, as I said, it's going to be a great time to watch the council. And as these things play out, uh, Joe, you got to got to come back. Yeah, say, say you'll come don't, back. Don't wait so long to invite me well, back next time. You were busy. You were very busy. I tried. <laughs> All right. Uh, Joe Sneavy, he's the City Hall reporter for Argus Leader Media, and we enjoy talking to him all the time. And follow him on Twitter. He's got a great yeah. Twitter feed, man. Argus underscore Joe. So Joe. if public input settles down, though, it might not be as interesting to watch my Twitter feed on Tuesday. <laughs> That's so. true. No, there'll always be something. Come on, <laughs> man. Uh, Joe, thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. We'll be finishing up here in just a minute on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. Four fifty-eight on the Patrick Lally Show. Information one thousand KSOO. Coming up on Saturday, Moonlight Movies, a free outdoor movie at Faywick Park. The movie starts at dusk. Bring a lawn chair, blanket. Refreshments will be available for purchase. This week's movie, oh, Spaceballs Two. Spaceballs Two is coming to Moonlight Movies. For more information, go to the events calendar at KSOO.com. That's the this Saturday. Uh, tomorrow, the Twins play Boston. I think it starts like at 12, 15. We'll be here after the post-game report, whenever that is, for doing a little radio. Uh, we'll be back with a happy hour edition on Friday. Laura Black of Sanford Research is with us. Talk about clinical trials. Buffalo Maiden, Thea Miller-Ryan, all the good stuff for the happy hour edition. We'll see you. This is the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. Exhibitions of murder.